Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, we discussed where we turn when looking for truth, especially when it comes to the things of God, how can we know what is true? Thankfully, Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit, whom he refers to as the Spirit of Truth in John 15 and 16. Follow along as we dive in. We hope you enjoy this message. All right, well, welcome back to week two this time of our Guiding Light series. Remember, this is a series where we are talking about the Holy Spirit and specifically talking around times where, hey, like, why does the Holy Spirit exist? Why is he there? Why have we been given the Holy Spirit? Well, there's a lot of darkness, so to speak, in life, not just physical darkness where the lights are turned off or you experience a blackout like we had a few weeks back uh, across a lot of the upstate, Um, but like times where, hey, the, the questions that we're asking, the doubts we're having, the circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in the midst of, it can feel like navigating the darkness. We don't know what comes next. We can't quite see the next step or definitely the next five or six steps in front of us. There's a lot of unknowns. So where do we go to in the midst of that? Last week, and you can catch this message on YouTube or uh, I think we've got it on like Apple or Spotify or something like that. We've got podcasts available. But we opened up talking about John chapter 14, where Jesus promises he's still with his disciples, still hanging out with them. Some of his last words before he would die on the cross to his disciples was about the Holy Spirit. He was promising the Holy Spirit, and he described the Holy Spirit. The Greek word that he used was, or that was written, Jesus wasn't speaking in Greek, uh, was paraclete. If you remember the word paraclete, do you remember any of the four translations that we talked about? Hey, this is what the paraclete can mean. This is who the Holy Spirit is. Does anybody remember any of the four? We got like three out of four in first hour, which is pretty good. Anybody? Going once, twice? Yeah. The helper, that's right. The Holy Spirit is described as the helper. In fact, my the version I'm using of the Bible, the ESV translates it as the helper. Maybe yours does too. So when we're in the midst of darkness, when we're in the midst of navigating, like where am I supposed to go? Wouldn't you like some help in the middle of that? James, paraclete, the creator, okay. Uh, I mean, he was definitely involved in creation, but what we specifically talked about last week, not so much. Yep, Maggie? The Father, okay, the Holy Spirit, well, we got Father, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, let's keep, boom, encourager, comforter, did you say counselor? Yeah, or like advocate, right, we, we talked about advocate, so we've got, those are the four words, we had helper, encourager, comforter, and advocate, so, and aren't all those things, like when we're going through a dark time, we're going through a difficult time, uh, a, a an uncomfortable time. Don't we oftentimes in, in those areas want some comfort or, or somebody to comfort us? When we're discouraged in those times, wouldn't it be nice to have someone who was encouraging us through those things? And then with the advocate, it's somebody who, man, maybe, maybe you're just stuck in your sin or weighed down by your sin, but the advocate is somebody who's going before God on your behalf saying, no, 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 this is one of ours. This is one of our kids. This is one of our children. Uh, they're already spoken for. Navigating the darkness, imagine if you had a, a, a person or a, a helper or the Holy Spirit who is helping you navigate all of those things and encouraging you, comforting you, advocating for you along the way. That's who the Holy Spirit is. That's what he has here for. That's what he is here for. And that's what Jesus promised was that the Holy Spirit would come and he has indeed come. So now if you are a, a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, then you have the Holy Spirit. This is crazy 
thing that we can't quite put our fingers on or, or quite understand, but now he, the Holy Spirit, lives and dwells within each of us. God living and dwelling within each of us, we are now a living, breathing temple of God. It's kind of crazy. If you want to talk about that more, love to talk about you later. Hey, boys, let's not play Connect Four while we're doing this. It's distracting to me. Like, I want to see who wins and everything over here. So thank you. That, that's never thought I would have to say, don't play Connect Four while we're talking and teaching, but uh, thank you. So this morning, we are going to be in John chapter 15. Remember, we were in John 14 last week. We're going to be in chapter 15 and a little bit of 16 this week, talking specifically about the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of truth. So you can go ahead and turn into your Bibles to John chapter 15. And as you go there, I want you to think about this question. Where do you go to find answers to questions that you have? Where do you go to find answers to questions that you have? Where do you go to find the truth when you're trying to decide like what is true here? Or like, hey, I literally have no idea what the answer to two plus two is. How do I determine that? Where do you guys go to find answers to the questions that you have. Please answer your question, or answer your question. Raise your hand and tell me your answer to this question of how you seek out answers to your questions. James, what you got? Nice. So in school, you would ask a counselor, or maybe it's a, if it's a question about a specific subject, you might ask a teacher or something, right? Yep, Parker? You look it up? How do you look up answers to questions? Give me a little bit more than... You just type it in Google. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we use the Google machine, yes? Or a calculator. Or a calculator. Nice, specifically for math questions. I haven't gotten, I mean, you can spell words with numbers sometimes, but I haven't gotten a lot of English questions answered from calculators. Yes? You can ask God for help. That's perfect. That's basically the message that we're talking about this morning. You can ask God for help, ask God for answers to your questions. Anybody else want to answer this question? How do you get answers to your questions? Yes, in the back row, boys. What you got? Okay, go to the scriptures. Perfect. You guys are already on it. Yeah, Dawson. YouTube, nice. We got Google. We got YouTube. I think that's perfect. You know, uh, one of the areas in my life that I have needed the truth and answers to my questions is in the area of chickens, okay? I, I think a lot of you guys know, maybe you don't, but me and my family have recently gotten two chickens that are laying uh, eggs for us every day. We get fresh eggs from our chickens. It's awesome. Um, they are, 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 I don't know if it's really farm fresh, but it's backyard fresh, right? And I, here's what I really thought. This is for real, okay? You might decide to not attend church here anymore or whatever, but that's, well, that's not really fine. But a couple years ago, I found out for the first time, here's what I thought, here's where I thought baby chickens came from, is that any egg, like I'm talking, you go to Walmart, you go to Publix, you go to Lowe's, I thought any food line, I thought any egg was fair game to potentially be a baby chicken at some point. You tracking with me? Yeah, that if you put it under a light, that if you put it in an incubator, that if you put it up under the patookas of a chicken, right, a mama hen, uh, that that egg could become a baby chick. Are you guys tracking with me? Did you know that this is not accurate? How many of you, no, be honest with me, how many of you thought with me that, that's, that baby chickens could come that way? Thank you, Saul. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you, Parker. I see that hand. Thank you guys for being honest with me, okay? I know there's a few of you in here. Yes, some ladies on the front row. I know there's a few of you in here, but here's the deal. The chicken 
For some reason, there does have to be a mommy chicken and a daddy chicken, and the egg has to be fertilized in order for it to become a baby hen. So it doesn't just work like take your dozen eggs, put it in your oven uh, where it gets a little warm, and then it'll become little chirp, 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 right? Little baby chicks. It doesn't work like that. But that just goes to show you how much knowledge I had about chickens uh, until a few years ago. And then I have even more knowledge now, because not only was I enlightened to the fact that that's not how it works, but now we have chickens of our own, but we had a lot of questions. Like I heard, what chicken poop can kind of fertilize your yard and blah, blah, blah. Like all these things. How do I know what's true? Well, I went and I Googled. I YouTubed. I asked some, some friends who have chickens. I asked some of you who have chickens and you provided some answers. And, and we've, now we are raising chickens and we got two and we're looking to potentially get like six more, which sounds really terrible. Um, but if you're ever over at our house, you can certainly hold a chicken. Uh, and I'm enjoying their eggs. So, but anyway, so we, we used all of these sources to find out, hey, what's true? What's the answers to our questions? And if we're being honest, with this whole truth thing and with seeking out answers, there's kind of levels to it, right? Like with basic questions that are, you know, maybe more questions that you're going to have in school that are going to be on tests or maybe just something about like a video game or whatever, you can go to those sources and find the answer. Now, sometimes on YouTube, especially, you might get clickbaited, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, baby chickens come out of Walmart boxes, right? Like, and that's not actually happening. The video actually explains that's not true. So, but, but you can find the answer to a lot of those questions through those methods. But, but here's why there's levels to it is because then there's like way more complicated questions that we have. Like, what's the truth in the midst of this story? Or what's the truth about the things that all these politicians are telling us and talking about? Or what's the truth about what's happening in the war in Ukraine? Or what's the truth about what happened in this recent school shooting? Because there's all these different stories. Here's why it's really, really messy. There's all these different stories about what's happened. And ultimately, the reason there's these different stories is because there's a lot of different perspectives, And each person who has a perspective, here's where we get really kind of messed up when it comes to the truth, is that we think that our perspective is the truth and anybody else whose perspective is different is wrong from us. And sometimes certain things in those perspectives overlap, but a lot of times they just clash. They butt heads and, and sometimes, actually, there's a little bit of truth in both of them, and you need both perspectives or all the perspectives to actually understand what is true in the middle of it. But as you're trying to sort through and figure out what's actually true, how in the world are you supposed to do that? We, we actually live in a culture that's really confused about what it looks like to find the truth, especially in those big questions. In big life questions, like what are we supposed to value? What are, what's really the government's job? What, what are we here for? Even things like, who is God? Is there a God? Does he even exist, right? Those are really big questions that a lot of people have some thoughts on and perspectives on. How are you supposed to sort through the truth in all of that? You know, there was a time where for some of those big questions, people actually trusted the authorities that were in charge. It's kind of weird to think about. But at some point, like 70 or 80% of people trusted the things that they heard on the news things that they heard from politicians, and now that number is like 30%, 40% at best, that we just trust what people are saying to us. And I actually think, especially in the world we live in, that's a good thing. We need to question. We need to ask questions. We need to seek answers. But 
it makes it a little more complicated for, okay, so how do we, all right, if we know that they're not always telling the truth or at least the full truth, how in the world are we supposed to sort through the truth? There's other thing that happened. Not only do we mistrust people, but there's this thing that happened where at some point, hey, you could actually believe certain things to be true, and as long as what you believe to be true doesn't conflict with what I believe to be true, we could kind of coexist. But now, this has really happened in your lifetime, where now, more than ever, and maybe you've seen it, maybe you've felt it, maybe you've been a part of it, where now, if what you believe and what I believe are different, and your truth like conflicts and seems kind of hostile towards my truth, then I'm going to fight you. I'm going to say mean, hateful things about you. I'm going to come after you until what you believe to be true is the same thing as what I believe to be true, and my truth has ultimately won out. Why are we talking about this? Why is this so important? Because when it comes to what we believe about God, if we don't know where to go to understand what's true, like, like to find ultimate truth, not, not just a, hey, whatever YouTube video says, that must be true. Whatever the TikTok video says, that must be true. Whatever my friend says, that must be true. But if we don't know how to go to the ultimate source of truth when it comes to the things of God, we're going to be lost. And if we don't know that there's this huge move in the world right now to where, hey, if our truth doesn't go together, then we're going to fight about it. If you're not aware that that fight's coming and that you will be tested and that you will be questioned, then when it comes... Instead of standing firm on what you know to be true, on the source of truth, you're far more likely to be shaken. So, where does Jesus say we can go to for truth? Truth specifically, not necessarily talking about like, although maybe he reveals it to you, like, hey, how did this thing all start? Or like, hey, what is, uh, like, what's the answer to the war in Ukraine? Or like, what's the answer to some of these big cultural issues? But specifically talking about how do we find truth when it comes to the things of God? And then ultimately, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but ultimately once you reach there, then you actually can start living differently. You can start engaging issues differently. You can start having conversations differently. But let's start here. Where do we go to for the truth about who God is? John chapter 15 Verses 26 and 27. Remember, this is some of the the last words that Jesus would say to his disciples before he was crucified on the cross, raised again three days later. This is some of the things that he wanted to leave them with before he saw them again and ultimately left them for a good long while. Last week, we saw that he sent the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit again here. And he says, but when the helper comes, the helper, the advocate, the encourager, the comforter, the paraclete, When the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. Now we've got another name in there. Not only is he the comforter, the the encourager, the advocate, the helper, but now Jesus is calling him the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, who comes from God. And when Jesus leaves, he's promising again, I'm going to send you the helper. I'm going to send you the Spirit of truth. And what is he going to do? What is the Spirit going to do? He will bear witness about me. What's the Holy Spirit, one of the Holy Spirit's major roles? What's one of his major purposes? What's one of the things that he's doing over and over and over again, whether you realize it or not, is he is showing people the truth about who Jesus is. This is kind of crazy, right? Here's where, where it gets like kind of personal for us. A lot of us think if you have trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've seen him as king, 
if you have submitted to him. A lot of us think that somewhere along the lines we've spent enough time in church or we asked all the right questions or somehow in our own brains we just were able to put all the pieces together and it connected and we couldn't help but submit to Jesus. Not that that's untrue, but you want to know what was actually happening like behind the scenes in the midst of all that is that as you were going to church and hearing the word, as you were talking to your friends or talking to your parents, that the Holy Spirit was the one who the entire time was opening your eyes and opening your heart to what's true about who Jesus is. Some of us think that it just was, well, it just kind of happened. It just was happening within me. It just was a conclusion that I came to. But no, from the very beginning, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, you can know that the Holy Spirit has already been at work in your life. How is he at work? By revealing the truth, by bearing witness to who Jesus is. So much so that you couldn't help but have your eyes open. You couldn't help but have your heart open. The Holy Spirit was doing all of those things to get you to the place where you're at. And then what's our, what ought to be our response to that? John chapter 15, verse 27 says, And you, will, you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Here's part of the overflow for the disciples and now for us, that if you have put your faith and trust in Jesus because of what the Holy Spirit has already been doing in you, then now, here's more evidence that the Holy Spirit's at work, you ought to be sharing with your life and with your words who Jesus is with other people who haven't, yet seen, who haven't yet had their eyes open, who haven't yet become these, these living temples with the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. But this, here, here's where maybe you're like, okay, so the spirit of truth has revealed who God is, has revealed who Jesus is to me, I get that, but so why don't I have all the answers to all the things and all the questions? Like if the Holy Spirit has revealed truth to me, then why hasn't he revealed like all truth to me, right? Because I don't know everything there is to know about God. In fact, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, I'm going through that darkness thing you talked about. I'm navigating a certain darkness on my own. Maybe it's even doubts or questions about God. You know, that's a form of darkness that you might be navigating. Like, I'm just wondering, does God care? Is he really good? Is he here? Does he exist? Maybe that's what you're, you're navigating right now, and that's part of the darkness. And if you are, let me just encourage you, that's okay. Some of you have been told for a long time that it's not okay to have questions, that it's not okay to have doubts about God. But let me tell you that questions and doubts about God, that's one of the ways that God uses to strengthen your faith. And I fully believe that if you go through those questions and through those doubts and you keep seeking out answers, you keep seeking the truth, that ultimately on the other side, your faith is going to be stronger as the Holy Spirit, who is the one who reveals truth to us, the spirit of truth, that on the other side of your doubts and the other side of your questions, it's not that everything's answered, you got all the things that satisfy all of your questions and all of your uh, longings of the, like, but your faith will be stronger. You have a little more, okay, I do know what is true. And then maybe the cycle will start again years from now, but... That's part of this, this life. No, the Lord doesn't seem to reveal all truth to us in a moment, and now we have all the truth we need for the rest of our lives. Here's a little bit more of how we know that. Jesus, later on in chapter 16, 
Verses 12 through 15, here's how he talks about the Holy Spirit. He says uh, to the disciples, verse 12, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. So the Holy Spirit hasn't yet come, but here's what Jesus is making clear is that, hey, I could share a lot of things with you right now, but you're not yet ready for them. Like if I told you all the stuff, because remember, the disciples at this point, they, they're not convinced that Jesus is about to die. And they're definitely not convinced that he's going to rise again, because who does that, right? The answer is nobody, okay? Nobody just dies and then just wakes up three days later and is perfectly fine. Like, it just doesn't happen, especially a brutal, gruesome death like the crucifixion. So they're not even there yet where they, they get or are willing to say, okay, yeah, Jesus, you're going to die. Like, we, we can agree with that. No, no, but Jesus does meet them right where they're at. And he says, hey, you can't quite understand this yet, so I'm not going to tell you yet, but there will come a day, right? That's verse 12. Then he says, verse 13, here's the time when he's going to reveal some more things to them. When the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, he will bear witness about me, uh, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine, therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So here's what Jesus is saying. Hey, right now, if I shared everything with you, it wouldn't make sense, you wouldn't get it, it would be too much to bear, but there will come a time where more will be revealed. And that time would be when the spirit of truth came. When did the spirit of truth came? If you were here last week with us, we talked a little bit about this, this uh, day in our church calendar and in church history called Pentecost Sunday. It's literally the day that we remember the Holy Spirit coming. About 40 days after Jesus uh, was, uh, came, came back to life, was crucified, buried three days, comes back to life. About 40 days later, Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes. You can read about this moment in Acts chapter 2, but there's 120 uh, uh, disciples of Jesus, followers of Jesus who are still hanging on, still holding tight, still believing and waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And in a moment, the Holy Spirit comes upon these believers. They start speaking in tongues, speaking in different languages. There's thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people in Jerusalem at this time. And as they walk out of this house, these people from all over the place who spoke many different languages were hearing what? These people speak their own language. And what were they saying? They were telling, proclaiming the good news of who Jesus is in the language that all these people would have been familiar with, in languages that all these people would have been familiar with. Remember, we said when the spirit of truth comes, part of the overflow that something has been happening within you is that you're going to start to tell other people about who Jesus is because the truth has been revealed to you, not just for yourself, but so that you would invite other people into it as well. And that happens in Acts 2 at Pentecost, on Pentecost Sunday. And then what happens is this guy named Peter gets up because everybody's like, why are they speaking all these crazy languages? One of them I can understand, but all these other ones I can't. What's happening? Is this whole house drunk? Literally, that's what it says in Acts 2. Like did 120 people just go in there and get wild for a while and now they're coming out, spilling into the street? Like what happened? And Peter gets up and says, no, no, no. We're okay. We're sober. We're not drunk. We've been partying, but it's like a Jesus party, okay? Let me tell you what that means. And he does what? Proclaims to thousands of people, because the spirit of truth has revealed truth to him. He shares that truth with other people. And 3,000 people that day 
were baptized, received the Holy Spirit, trust in Jesus because the Spirit revealed truth to that 120. One of those people from that 120 gets up, preaches a message, Spirit-led message, that reveals more truth to 3,000 people that day. That's just crazy how God works, right? It's crazy. So for us, what can we take away from, from these verses here in chapter 16? Here's the thing, is no, we don't seem to get like all of the truth at just like one truth dump time. Because if we did, like, dude, I mean, there'd be like, there'd be six-year-olds walking around here just spewing the truth of God and like telling everybody, all the insights about who God, no, but here's what God does is he, he seems to meet us where we're at the circumstances, the headspace, the ability to like carry certain truths. He seems to meet us where we're at, growing us in our understanding as we go through this life, revealing more truth as we need it, revealing more of who he is when we need it, opening our eyes a little bit more. I mean, here's just one instance. I'm telling you right now, if your eyes were open to all of the ways that you and I sin on a regular basis, we would not be able to bear it. Here's how it's been for me over my life and my experience. When I was in middle school, that's when I first trusted Jesus, and I was aware of some of my sins in middle school. When I went to high school, as I went throughout high school, more and more of my sin was being revealed to me. As I would confess and repent from certain sins, God would say, hey, but you're still not quite my son. Like, you are my son, but you're not Jesus right now. Like, you are still a human, still bound by the flesh. You're still dealing with things. When I went to high school, or when I went to college, when I got married, when I've had kids, more and more of my selfishness has been revealed. Every step of the way, God has revealed to me more of my sin graciously, kindly. Has it been easy? No, in no way, shape, or form. But if God had just dumped, like, here's the sinner that you are, right? Like, I'd still be on my face. I wouldn't be able to function. I wouldn't be able to do anything. But in his kindness, he has revealed those things using sin as one example. You could use a ton of things here to say God does choose to reveal more and more as you walk with him, as you live with him. And he does that through the spirit of truth. 